0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on 5th and Mission, the reopening of Bay Area schools. After a year and a half, public schools from Santa Rosa to San Jose are getting ready to finally throw open their doors in August for full-time, in-person instruction. It's a huge relief for many families who've struggled with the distance learning brought on by the pandemic. But even as final preparations are made, the Delta variant of the coronavirus is surging and children under 12 aren't yet eligible to be vaccinated. It's now clear this long-awaited return to normalcy will not be so normal at all. Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker has been taking the pulse of Bay Area educators and parents in recent days and joins us here. Jill, how are you?
1: I'm doing good so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Jill, as you know, I have two teenage daughters. They are really looking forward to getting back to school and especially getting off of Zoom. What can kids like mine expect when they return to campus?
1: For the most part, it's going to look like school. It's going to be full classrooms, kids in the hallways, not as, not a lot of social distancing. Um, what you will see is masks on everyone. That is uh, now a new or renewed state requirement. Um, so, you know, a lot of folks were heading into this school year kind of realizing, okay, we're going to wear masks. It's going to be normal with masks. Um, but because, as you said, the Delta variant is surging, we're actually starting to see a little bit more... Concern or worry that we that 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 normal with masks may be a little less normal, Um, you know, that at this point, however, still no social distancing, we may still see some quarantining if we get cases, but they're trying to limit that. To um, fewer days or fewer people. Um, But the reality is for your for your kids and kids across the Bay Area, um, they're going to get to go back to school. And and I don't see a lot right now that would prevent it. There's just too much uh, momentum from politicians, parents, um, educators, health officials uh, to get back into schools where they say they belong.
0: All right. But as we speak, Jill, there are so many changes going on. We're getting new information about the Delta surge every day. Are things changing because of this, the variants advance? Could they change even in the next couple of weeks?
1: You know what? They're actually changing a little bit day by day already. Um, and, you know, it's it's a little hard to keep up with, you know, as as the first day of school is is pretty close. Oakland opens a week uh, it opens on August 9th. Uh, and so it is, uh, you know, it's coming up really fast. What we saw recently are school districts that are um, contemplating or actually enforcing vaccine mandates for their employees. Uh, San Jose uh, is the latest. New York uh, did that earlier uh, uh, this week or or in the last couple weeks. So we're already seeing that um, people are starting to get a little worried about the Delta variant. Um, The reality is it is not any more dangerous to children. Children are still at a low risk, uh, whether they're vaccinated or not. And, um, you know, so the health officials are really just full steam ahead Do not stop reopening plans. And in California, the reality is districts couldn't even if they wanted to. Uh, The state did not renew distance learning authorization. And so at this point, unless the state acts and something really unexpected happens, um, we're just not going to see schools closed, lockdowns, Zoom in a room, um, and and things like that at, at this point, but you know this pandemic is not predictable, so I'm not going to make any super strong predictions. But I will predict schools are going to reopen fully with all kids coming back, and I've already seen it. So I'm I'm seeing it at at, at one school in San Francisco that reopened. And uh, wait,
0: I want to ask you, Jill. Yeah. You said that even if let's say one district really wants to go to remote learning, maybe. There's a lot of support for it there. They're having difficulties. They couldn't do it legally.
1: Correct. Their state education code, state education law um, requires the in-person learning or it requires districts to provide that. Um, they had the exemption to do distance learning because of the pandemic, um, but they did not renew that this summer and so at this point, going full distance learning is not an option for schools. Now they are providing independent study that is has always been the case, and they will continue to do that and in some cases, uh, like San Ramon, they have a virtual academy, so it's a an online school specific school that will accommodate a limited enrollment online. But in terms of all kids going distance learning or all kids going back to a hybrid schedule, we're just not going to see that unless the law changes.
0: All right. And you mentioned briefly vaccines. What is the latest on whether schools will require staff to be vaccinated? I think you have reported that there's probably no district that is going to require students to be vaccinated?
1: At this point, no. And and that isn't really coming in the health guidance at all. They, they are, you know, obviously we're seeing cities like San Francisco and businesses requiring vaccinations or tests. Um, again, San Jose uh, just did that. I would venture to guess in the coming days and weeks, we will see other districts and cities and and, and businesses requiring vaccines or frequent testing. Um and so but right now kids are not required to be vaccinated. Um there are vaccine requirements for kids, like obviously mumps and chickenpox, um, but the flu is not one of them and the uh and and right now uh COVID nineteen is not one of them either. All
0: right. You mentioned you spent some time in a school, Jill, at San Francisco, right? What was that like?
1: yeah it was it was pretty amazing I have been in in several schools that reopened last year um but San Francisco um was was you know one of the the last ones to reopen in the spring and and didn't reopen to all kids at all schools and all ages and um, and they certainly didn't reopen fully and uh, Argonne elementary in San Francisco is a year-round school so their summer session just started a couple weeks ago and the kids are back they're back full classrooms Um, they have masks on and they seem happy to wear them. As one teacher told me, the kids will do anything to be back. So if that means wearing a mask, they're all in. And, you know, it was amazing to see, even in the last spring, there was still social distancing. So, you know, you didn't see little kids sitting on the rug, right? But at Archon, the kids were sitting on a, a rug with the map of the United States on it. They were right next to each other, elbow to elbow, knee to knee. They were talking about what they did for the weekend, which included pool parties and baseball games. And, they were laughing and joking and they were playing. And it was, you know, it, it's, it's hard um, to not sort of feel the emotion of that moment of these kids um, being kids again and being back in classrooms and, and not having all of those restrictions in place where they can't be near each other. They can't you know, talk to each other close up. They can't be on the playground playing together. And, and all of that was, you know, that was all normal, if you will um you know and and right now we're not seeing any changes to those those guidelines
0: all right i want to ask you about both the frustrations and the fears that parents have but first let's take a quick break we'll be right back on 5th and mission welcome back to 5th and mission i'm damian bullwood joined by chronicle education reporter jill tucker we're talking about the reopening of schools public schools full-time in-person instruction in august so, Jill, I want to take you back a little ways. Now, when the pandemic first got going and we were starting to talk about how we could get children back into school, I remember my own fear was that a school could be sort of a vector uh, for spread and that the kids were going to be bringing it back to their families and that was going to lead to more spread. I think that was a big fear. But we, what we saw was that schools did not have a lot of big outbreaks, even some of the private schools that returned to instruction, Right.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I mean, what what uh, all the health officials are saying and trying to reiterate as we head back into the fall is that you know with the mitigation efforts in place, school is is a much safer setting than many other locations. And the reality is, um, in in Marin County, where many many schools were th- were open to thousands and thousands of students, they saw virtually no. Um, uh, Uh, spread of the disease between kids Um, they saw it between adults uh, but not between kids to adults or to each other Um, there were very few cases of kids. If they did get them, it was out in the community and they didn't spread it. Um, so the, the consensus is school with the mitigation, with masking, hand washing, you know, all of those things. Um, school is a safe place. I I talked to one teacher actually at Argonne and he doesn't go into indoor restaurants. He's very careful in his life, normal life, even though he is vaccinated, but he said, you know, in the classroom with the kids at the school, he feels very safe. And, you know, he feels that the the mitigate in, in many cases it's it's safer because he knows everybody is, you know, taking the the mitigation effort seriously. They're washing their hands. He's he's making sure that happens. Everybody's masked. Nobody drops their mask down. He said he hasn't even had to remind any kids to keep their mask on, which is is kind of amazing. He teaches third graders. So The consensus really is that schools can be open, even in the worst uh, surge of the pandemic. And, you know, the Delta uh, Delta variant is more contagious, but not at this point, um, from what medical professionals are saying, more dangerous, even to kids. So, you know, everybody is feeling pretty good about this. But, you know, parents are worried. Parents are scared, right? I mean, it's it's scary. All of this has been scary, and it continues to be.
0: And we talk about the fear, but there's also, as you've reported many times, there's parents who are really at the end of their patience, and they have real fear about their kids' futures if they don't return to school because some families, they haven't done well. They They haven't coped well with distance learning for one reason or another.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is why all of the health officials are just, we are reopening schools, period, end of discussion. It is too critical for these kids um, to, they, they need to be back in school. They need to be with their friends. They need to be with their teachers. There was, you know, so much uh, of an increase in depression and obesity and um, anxiety among kids. And and it, it scared doctors to see these kids coming in and, and what was happening to their mental health, their academic health. Um, and, and so there is just kind of a, a almost universal consensus that the risk is minimal and it, and yet it is absolutely critical that these kids get back in schools. That doesn't mean everybody's going to send their kids back. Um, but you know, there's a lot of, of, uh, evidence that it can be done safely. And parents are just, just, Ready, and kids are just ready. I, I talked to some parents who said, um, at Argonne, just in two weeks, their kids were reading better, they were writing better. Um, it was they said it was shocking how just two weeks back in the classroom was a monumental jump in how well they were doing. But more than that, they said they were happier. Just they they were happy again.
0: Okay, but you mentioned this anecdote around the use of a pencil to me.
1: I did. Yeah. This was kind of shocking to me and a little bit sad that one of the teachers said that that their stamina, the, the stamina for learning is down. It's hard for them to sort of pay attention, but it's also hard for them to write with a pencil. They they've lost they've been using a computer keyboard for so long that they, you know, they keep saying their hand hurts because they haven't had the stamina to, you know, write manually with a pencil. And so, you know, they're going to have to build these things back up. There's, you know, there's, there's some catching up to do academically and physically and emotionally. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, teachers and schools have a lot of work ahead to, to address, um, you know, any needs because of the pandemic, um, whether that's academic or otherwise, um, you know, and get these kids holding a pencil again and, uh, get them, get them playing and running. I, you know, one mom I talked to a while back said that when she finally took her, her son to the park, he kept coming over saying his legs hurt because he hadn't been running around. And, you know, so, so, you know, the pandemic, pandemic has taken a toll. Um, but, uh, but, you know, teachers are these teachers that I'm talking to now with all the kids back in class, they're super optimistic, um, you know, that these kids are going to be resilient.
0: Jill, the equity issues as well. The the resources can be so different. We know the schools are not equal, and also the resources that families have to make sure their kids are successful are not equal. How was that uh manifested in the pandemic?
1: Yeah, so we're we're going to see that when the kids get back this month. Um, you know, a lot of the kids uh because of situations at home, because of of uh hunger issues or poverty, um housing instability or just academics being able to do zoom in a room at home where there's siblings or where there's other issues you know the the kids that that are the most vulnerable are are going to be most affected and have been most affected by the pandemic and and you know there there are concerns about them coming back and you know having issues realizing that they weren't able to keep up with their peers having issues whether that's behaviorally or academically and, you know, folks are working on this. They're they're adding uh, counselors. They're using some of the stimulus money and other money um, to bring in support systems um, to help with any trauma that the kids have, have had. Um, but def- definitely the impact has been disproportional. And, you know, whether that's because of, you know, technology access, food access, you know, so many different things um, that you know, it, it, it's been tragic in some cases, and and I think um, it's going to take a while for the the education system to recognize what exactly the needs are and and to to uh, provide those services to the kids.
0: All right, finally, Jill. You know, we've been talking about how things are changing so fast, even this week. What would it take to get to a point where we need to reverse again, and what what does that look like? Is that possible? Uh, could schools go back into lockdown?
1: You know, I don't, I don't know that I have the answer to that. I think it's obviously anybody is going to say, of course, it's possible. Um, I don't at this point see it being likely just because of how strongly people feel about the importance of in-person learning and the, the, the information and knowledge that we have about the Delta variant. Um, obviously, if another variant comes along and the vaccine doesn't work against it, Um, you know, all bets are off. And, you know, we'd have to see at that point, um, you know, what would happen. But, uh, you know, based on what politicians and experts are saying, you know, they're committed to this reopening. And I think it would take an awful lot to shut down the schools again, even if you know, indoor dining goes away or other, you know, bars are closed again or things like that. The policymakers would be hard pressed to send kids back into distance learning, back into Zoom in a Room when they know what it meant for so many kids uh, in a negative way.
0: All right, Jill. Well, thanks for joining us.
1: Sure. And have fun on uh, back to school clothes shopping and (laughs) getting the kids back into school. I have
0: to tell you that the clothes shopping did not diminish even though they weren't going to school. (laughs) Well, sorry about that. All right, that's Jill Tucker. I want to thank her for being our guest today. Thanks to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.